Good morning. This is attorney Vince Davis. I'm a licensed attorney in California. And today, or these are my regular office hours, uh, 6.30 a.m. Pacific time, where I answer a question or two uh, that you have posted or emailed me about. Today, we're gonna be talking about TPR. Someone asked a question about that last night in the uh, on the page. So TPR, for those of you that don't know what that is, that is termination of parental rights. It's the death penalty in a CPS case where you could lose your children for good forever. I know you thought this was America and things like that couldn't happen. Well, I'm sad to say you're wrong. I'm just the messenger, but I'm going to help you today and try to do some things that can prevent that from ever happening in your case. All right, so I hope you have a pen and paper. We're going to try to go fast here. And if you have any other questions, post it or email me at v.davis at vincentwdavis.com. All right, the first defense for a termination of parental rights under the strategies that I use starts way before you ever get to that uh, position. So I've talked about this many times on YouTube, you know, on the radio show, but I want to tell you right now, the best thing that you can do in your case is get your child or children placed with a friend, yeah, a friend, or a relative. And it should be a person that you get along with, you know, that won't try to stab you in the back later on and try to adopt the kids. Now, when do you start this part of the defense to the TPR? You started at the very beginning of the case, at the first hearing. What I like to do is I like to make a list of 25 people that could take the children. Notice I didn't say would take the children. I said could take the children. You know, I don't want, you know, and you should discuss this with your attorney, but I don't want you calling the, uh, the relative and saying, hey, can you take my kids? They just took them away from CP CPS, just took them away. Um, the better call is, hey, they took away my kids. I put your name on a list to be considered to take the children. There is a slight difference in that. We can get into that later. Um, and why do I say 25? Well, you know, it's easy for a social worker to say no to one or two relatives. But 25? 25 relatives? How are they going to say no to 25 people? And by the way, these are family or relatives that live anywhere in the world. The world. Let me say that one more time. The world. Sometimes I get calls from... Uh, parents or relatives who tell me, oh, the social worker in Los Angeles won't give me the kids because I live in Wisconsin. The answer to that is, and so what? The law provides that the children can be placed with a relative out of the county, out of the state, out of the country. Yes. There is something called the Interstate Compact for the Placement of Children, ICPC. 
And in California, it's found in the Family Code, Section 7900, I believe, etc. And it's something that you should read with, respecting, with respect to placing children outside of the county where your case is in. You're going to be surprised and shocked. And every state, like California, has a person or persons in the capital, state capital, who administer ICPC on a state level. So you have people administering it on the county level where they have taken your kid, they have uh, an administrator, state level, and then there's a national review of these things if you ever have a problem. You can go to your state capital here in California, Sacramento, or you can go to D.C. and try to talk to someone regarding ICPC. Okay, so don't let a social worker tell you, oh, they have to live in your county to get the kids. It's not true. Don't buy into that. Social workers tell you that because either they don't know, and by the way, that happens a lot. Two, they've been trained the wrong way. I've heard of that happening. Three, their cubicle mate told them something that was wrong. Or four, they don't want the child to leave the county because all that federal money, the money, it follows the child. So it's like, you know, doing a sale and then having someone else collect the money. I know, it's America. Money, money rules a lot of things. So get the child placed with a relative early on. And as a component to you fighting the case, you should be fighting for placement with a friend or relative. And by the way, these people have to be empathetic and sympathetic to your situation because down the road, they can tell the social worker, you know what, I changed my mind about you know adopting the child. I want to take legal guardianship and that will give you additional time, months, perhaps years to get the child back without losing your parental rights to some stranger. Okay, if you have questions about how do you get a child placed with a family friend or relative, go on my YouTube channel. I, I, I'm pretty sure that I have videos about that or call me. Call me at my office. We'll do a consultation. 888-888-6582. So that was step one. Step two is any time in California when the judge does not offer you family reunification services, say at the end of the disposition hearing, or at the end of the 6, 12, or 18-month date, and in some cases, even the 24-month date, the court terminates your family reunification services. What you have to do is you have to file a writ here in California. I'm pretty sure that most states have sort of the same statutory scheme, but you want to talk to an attorney who's licensed in your state. But here in California, you got to file that writ. And what is a writ? Well, we talked about that the other day. A writ is kind of an appeal, a fast appeal to the uh, appellate court here in California where you challenge the termination um, of your family reunification services. You go to the court and you tell them, hey, I should get the kid back I or I should have more family reunification services so that I can have a chance to get the child back. That's step two. Step three is right when your rights, excuse me, right when your family reunification services are terminated, you must file a motion for bonding. 
a bonding study. Because here in California, one of the exceptions, statutory exceptions to the termination of your parental rights is that you have a relationship, a bond, with the child such that it would be detrimental to the child to terminate your parental rights. Now I said the child, not to you, because we already know that it's gonna be a detriment to you if you lose your child, right? But the law focuses on the detriment to the child. Now, how can you ever prove that? How could you ever prove that you have a physical, an emotional, a psychological um, bond to this child? This child's been sitting in foster care for the last several months. Well, you need an expert. You need an expert like a psychologist, psychiatrist. In most cases that I'm involved with, we use psychologists. Now, how do you pay for that? How do you find an expert to give you a bonding study between you and the child and sometimes the foster parents who have the child to tell us if termination of the, your rights would be detrimental to the child? A lot of courts, unbeknownst to attorneys and parents, have guys and gals, psychologists usually, who are on board on a list that you can go get a bonding study at a very inexpensive rate. Many times the court pays for that bonding study. Many times you have to pay for that bonding study. And if you don't have a list at that in your county or your state, um, you know, you need to talk to your attorney because you can go out and find psychologists who will do bonding studies. And you know, what you're hoping is for a bonding study that comes back and basically concludes Yes, it, it would be detrimental to the child to terminate the parent's rights. So get that bonding study and get it right up front. So the minute your, term, your family reunification services are terminated or you're not offered family reunification services, you and your attorney should be running out looking for a psychologist who has experience in doing these bonding studies, right? Who's done them before, who will write a report and this important part and will come to court and get on the stand and testify at the time of the tpr hearing in california it's the 366.26 hearing you know sometimes i get the thing i get this well uh, i'm not going to do a report not going to work that you got to have a guy or a gal that's going to do a report and then they have to agree to come to court you know I, you know i hate to say it but sometimes experts and psychologists, they don't have time to come to court. You know, they have their busy practices and their lives themselves, and they're like, oh, I wrote the report, I shouldn't have to come to court. No, you gotta come to court and testify, because generally, the report isn't even admissible into evidence unless the guy or gal who wrote it is sitting up there on the witness stand and saying, yes, judge, I wrote this report, that's my signature. Yes, everything in the report is true. It's called laying a foundation. It's called overcoming and hear, overcoming a hearsay objection. All right. Yes, laws like evidence do apply in juvenile court cases here in California and probably every state. Check with your attorney though. The next thing that you should do is you got to file here in California. We call it the 388 petition. I call it the get out of jail card. Uh, get out of jail card. You know, on the Monopoly board, you can file a 388 petition at any time, and the best time to file them in most cases is 
right after your family reunification services are terminated and before before the TPR hearing. Now it gives you in California that's I think 120 days. You know, I've been on cases where we filed one, didn't work, filed another, didn't work, filed another, finally got a hearing. In the 388 petition, you have to allege that you want to change orders, like you want more family reunification services, and you have to give reasons why. You want the child moved to a relative. You know, if you waited this late in the game, that's going to be an uphill battle, but, you know, move the child to a relative or family friend. There's case authority in California that says, even if the child's been with this foster care person all of this time, the social worker must evaluate any relatives or friends that come forward. But don't wait to that time. Do it early in the case because you're going on an uphill battle if you wait after your family reunification services are terminated. I'm going to give you an example. Um, this happened in San Diego County. I was representing a woman who had been accused of using drugs. A lot of cases are drug and alcohol related. Um, and I kept asking her periodically during the case, are you sure you don't have any relatives or friends? No, Mr. Davis, no, Mr. Davis, no, Mr. Davis. We get to the 12 month hearing and unfortunately, you know, drugs is a disease and um, it's hard for a lot of people to uh, kick that uh, disease or conquer that disease. And um, the judge terminated uh, her family reunification services. And, you know, we sat down uh, there in the courtyard at the courthouse out there on Meadowlark. And we talked about, you know, different strategies and, you know, what we could do to stop the termination of her parental rights. And she told me, well, I have several relatives that could take the child. What? I thought we had this conversation before. You told me there weren't any. She said, well, you know, I didn't tell you because I was embarrassed to have you or someone contact with my relatives and tell them that I had lost my children. I understand, but don't be that person because it prejudiced that person in terms of getting the child because the first thing the judge or the minor's attorney is going to say is where you been all these months if you really cared about the kid you would have found out or known that the child was in foster care and you would have stepped forward early early on but now it's too late it's too late because the the child has a bond with the foster parents psychological bond emotional bond physical bond you know it would be detrimental to remove that child from the foster parents so don't fall into that trap. Get those family and friends, don't have to be family, they can be friends. Get them early and have them step forward early. Now, here's another important thing. If you're filing 388 petitions during this um, period of time, after your family reunification services have been terminated and before the 366.26, you have to have facts you can't just fill out the form, all right? Filling out the form and turning it in with no facts, 
no legal points and authorities, no evidence like documents, letters of completion, letters, certificates, uh, pictures, videos, you're probably not going to win. So just filing the form, I think it's four pages, is in my opinion, nothing. A lot of people say, oh, I found the 388 online, I'm going to fill it out and I'm going to turn it in. No, don't do that. Talk to a lawyer in your area, or just a lawyer, who is licensed in your, um, your jurisdiction, and talk to them about filing a 388. Even if you can't afford to hire that person, him or her, it might be useful if you pay them a lesser fee to prepare the 388 petition or whatever they call it in your jurisdiction. Okay, because you're going to get some counseling. In California, not only do you have to file the form, no, this is my opinion, not only do you have to file the form, you got to fill it out right, you got to serve it right, but you got to have evidence. Like, well, what evidence, Mr. Davis? Declarations, all right? Certificates of completion, letters of progress, pictures, videos. I could go on and on. Evidence, all right? And you got to have some points and authorities, legal points and authorities. You have to show the judge legally by the citation of cases and statutes why you deserve a hearing and why, if you had a hearing, you're probably going to win. This is all very difficult to do. All right. So don't try to do it by yourself. You know, 388, the form itself is about four pages. Right. When we file 388s, they're, you know, they get up, you know, they could be that thick. You know, they could be 20, 30 pages. So do yourself good and talk to someone who's qualified to give you information on how to file these petitions, these get-out-of-jail-free cards um, before the 2-6 hearing. Okay. You're probably watching this video because you have a CPS case or you know someone who has a CPS case. If you'd like to discuss the, anything further, you can always give me a call. I talk to people all week long, all day, way into the evenings, people are calling because I'm on a quest. I'm on a quest to try to help a million families. And I can't help them a million, a million people one case at a time. So I do stuff like this. Hopefully somebody's going to be watching it now live or they're going to be watching it in the future. And they're going to get some ideas. They're going to take some advice I, I've given them or some information that I've given them. And they're going to prevail in their CPS case. They're going to save their family. All right, but if you want to call me, my number is 888-888-6582, But better yet, go to my website, fightchildprotectiveservices.com. Take a look at that. There are a lot of resources and videos on there, give you some information you probably didn't know, or maybe your attorney hasn't explained it to you. And go on YouTube. You know, YouTube, uh, go to the search bar and just on YouTube and type in my name and my YouTube channel will come up. I also have a weekly radio show, two hours on ABC Radio in Los Angeles. It's The Secret, How to Fight CPS and Win, the name of this Facebook page. 
and um, the format is you call in, you tell us your story, you ask a question or two, I answer, we go to the next call. All right, and that show started off as a one-hour show. Uh, it's now grown to a two-hour show because there's not enough time to answer all the calls and listen to all the stories that call in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You know, once in a while I'll have guests, other attorneys that practice in this area that will give us their opinions and their strategies. So it's worthwhile. The show is also, if you're not in the L.A. area and you don't get 790 AM KABC Talk Radio, you can also go to KABC.com where it's live streamed. All right. And you can also watch the show live right here at this Facebook page, The Secret, How to Fight CPS and Win. Uh, it's Facebook Live. So you can watch you know, me doing the radio show, uh, usually in studio, uh, there in Culver City at the ABC Radio Studio. Okay, um, I think that's about it. That's the end of the office hours for this morning. Um, we will... See you this evening, the 8.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time office hours, and hopefully uh, you will send me questions that you will want answered. Have a good day.